Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we learn about more and more vital truths from the Word of God. I'll tell you, there's a lot in this book. You can't learn it in just 30 minutes once a week or whatever, however long of a sermon you get. We really need the input of God's Word in our lives day by day by day if we hope to stand strong against the temptations that come to us in this world, which is one thing we want to talk about today, recognizing them, recognizing how those temptations come. We're in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and and uh, let's look at what Paul says here, beginning with verse 2. He says this, For I'm jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. What an interesting concept. Often, jealousy is a bad thing. It's a deed of the flesh. It ought to be avoided. But not when there's a legitimate commitment. There's nothing wrong with a guy, if he sees his wife flirting with another man or another man flirting with her, to be bothered by that. It might be something wrong if if you're single and you see some girl you're interested in She's got a different boyfriend, and you're jealous of that, and you want to interfere. You don't have a right to that relationship. But in that marriage, you do. There's commitments made. Likewise, likewise, he says, I've betrothed you. I've promised you to Christ. And I have the jealousy of God himself for fear that, that you might wander away from Christ. It's important to realize that God feels that way about you. And Paul felt that way, the jealousy of God. He had that in his heart towards the Corinthians as well. It's something to realize that you're that that important to God. It matters when someone drifts away. When when it just, the heart of God, if someone drifts away, if someone gets their eyes on other things, on the world, and says, eh, I'm not that interested in Jesus anymore, kind of the way I once was. Now I'm, I'm attracted to these other things. The heart of God feels like a person might feel if, so, if their betrothed was breaking off an engagement or their betrothed had, had eyes for another person. God has that jealousy for us. Realize you're that important to God. And realize others are as well. When we see someone drifting away or walking away or getting eyes for the world instead of God, it ought to concern us. Might God give us that godly jealousy, that the jealousy of God that wants to assure that those of us who are promised to God, promised to Jesus, that we're not going to drift away. And so how is this drifting happening? Looking at the, this next verse is one of my favorites. And again, I've been, the last uh, few weeks, we've been reading from the New Living Translation, and I am enjoying some new insights I'm gaining for, as I do. But here he says, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the Spirit. Wow. Satan 
This is one of his strategies. Earlier in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes and he says, we don't want to be unaware or ignorant of Satan's strategies. That's right. You're important enough to God that Satan has a strategy for you. Well, it ought to make sense if you're important enough that he would be jealous if you wander away, if you become corrupted, if you lose your eyes, shall we say, for Jesus. If if you're important enough to God, if you matter that much to God, it makes sense that the evil one would have a strategy to accomplish that very purpose, to corrupt you, to cause you to be led astray from your pure and undivided or undistracted devotion to Christ, that that would be corrupted, that that would be defiled, and ultimately it would be lost, that you just would not have that heart for Jesus anymore. You'd, you'd, you know, Scripture, you'd grow cold in your love. You'd lose your first love, it says in Revelation chapter 2. How does it happen? The cunning, the deception, the strategies of the serpent. Now, I must say that the next verse, I think, is important. We realize that Satan has a strategy for you, but how does he, how does he do it? He, it's, he distracts us. He, he, he gets us to lose that devotion to Christ. How? This is important. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. I think the thing that struck me in the next, the remainder of chapter 11, Paul's introducing a concept here. He's actually been introduced in chapter 10, but he goes on in chapter 11 to defend who he is and to compare himself with others who are bringing a false gospel. Interestingly, and we'll see this in the next few days, he compares his life to those who are, who are corrupting and, and leading the people astray, the Corinthians astray. But notice that Satan here, his cunning, deceptive strategy, his goal was to bring them away from Christ. But what Paul is warning, beware of the people. Beware of the people. I know in my own life, I, I, I want to love, I love people. I tend to believe the best about people. I tend to want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm it's just kind of, I don't know if it's my nature or my Christian nature or what, my natural or my Christian, but I, I gener, generally have trouble believing people are corrupt and evil. I know it's in the Bible. I don't, it's not a doctrine. It's kind of a core belief. Why is that? We tend to see people, unless we've been really hurt by, really hurt, we tend to see people as being like us. It's hard for me to think someone is intentionally trying to corrupt me. Why? Because I'm not intentionally trying to corrupt other people. And it's so easy to project upon others the way we feel. If you are a person of love, you are a person who has pure motives towards other people. You're a person who really wants to benefit other people. It's easy to think other people have the same attitude and motive and, and uh, towards you. And that can make us unaware, unaware of how much people really how much people really are evil. 
I know it's in the Bible. It's in the Scripture. That's why we got to believe what the Bible says. It warns us about people. Jesus said in himself, beware of men. Beware of people. Here's my point today. Satan works through people. I usually think because I tend to trust people, I, I ask myself when in Satan's strategies, I think, what? What will he do? How? What will he try and distract me with? What will he try and lead me astray with? Will it, what sin is out there that he will try and uh, trick me with, trap me with? But here I think we're seeing in 2 Corinthians, it's not only what, we should be asking the question, who? Who will Satan use in my life? Who will Satan use to lead me astray? Who has Satan got off track, and now they're trying to get me off track as well? It's kind of a challenging question. Now, I do believe that, again, I still believe we should tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. But beware, beware, beware. Paul's going to go on, and we'll be seeing in the next you know, the rest of chapter 11 and into chapter 12, he's going to be establishing the basis of his apostleship and his leadership. And it really comes down to he has demonstrated his love for Jesus. And he's demonstrated his love for the Corinthians. He's demonstrated his willingness to live for the gospel. The false guys, they're they're advocating for themselves. He really was advocating for others. This is what we want to say. Beware. But beware of people. Beware of who might lead you astray. Beware of the people that maybe you've trusted that be, be careful. Be careful. That's all he's saying. Be careful. But as along that lines, realize God is jealous for you. God, you matter to God. Your heart matters to God. He wants you to have pure and undivided, undistracted devotion to Jesus Christ. Be careful not only of what would lead you astray, but who might lead you astray. In our day and age, we have, like right now, we're on the internet. It's a wonderful blessing. We have opportunity to communicate truth and build community, build relationship. Many people come here on the live chat, and I even look over here in the chat right now and see people are sharing with one another. I I don't have time to read it while I'm speaking, but I can just see there's good news being spread and prayer requests being shared. And if you come here live at 8.30 in the morning, you can participate in that. You can watch anytime you want later in the day or whenever you want. I don't take them down. But the point being that uh, with this wonderful access to one another and information on the internet, but but be careful who you're learning from. And I'd even say that of me. I hope you know me and trust my character, but also want to prove it and say, I hope Tom's the real deal. I want to know that. Be careful who you learn from. Judge the way they're living. Are they sold out for Jesus Christ? Jesus said this in Luke 6, a disciple, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. We we get this wrong often. We think that when you learn from someone, you will know what they know. But Jesus goes a step further. He says, you will be like what they are like. More is caught than taught. You learn not only what to believe, but how that affects life. So be on your guard. Be on your guard. Your soul matters. You're betrothed to Jesus Christ. He's the one you love. Don't let anyone get in the way of that. He's the one you're to be committed to. Amen? 
Let's pray about it. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Word of God, and we thank you for Jesus Christ, our beloved, the one to whom we are betrothed, the one that we are the bride of Christ. And we pray that, Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful that you have a love for us that would cause your heart to even hurt should we have eyes for someone else, should we be looking away and being distracted from uh, that pure love for Jesus Christ. We ask for that love, Father. We ask that our hearts, we, we confess they're prone to wonder, as the song says. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I pray, Father, that every one of us who comes here regularly and we're on this live stream together, that our hearts would be more and more devoted to Jesus Christ. We would guard against being led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And we would we would guard not only what can lead us astray, but also who might lead us astray, who might teach us things or tell us things or guide us in ways that, that subtly cause our heart to grow cold towards you and for us to look away from our beloved. We pray that more than anything, we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the great commandment. Thank you for your great love for us. You laid down your life for us. Might we contemplate that and might it cause our heart to be drawn more and more to you. We bless you today and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. There's a wonderful message today. It's really encouraging me. I want to love God. I want you to love God. I, it's, it, it's painful to me to realize that sometimes people that you trust might not be trustworthy. Be on your guard. We have an enemy. Satan, he's tricky. He got Eve to take that apple and Adam, he's tricky. Our heart belongs to Jesus Christ more than anyone else. Let's seek him and love him. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you will join us every day, live or later in the day, as I said. Subscribe to the channel, like, and do share with your friends. Do share with your friends. Let's grow this channel. I, think, I, I believe there's millions of people out there who need the Word of God every day. Let's, let's be reaching them, okay? God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.